Welcome to the Manology Project Podcast. I am your host, Quentin Crumby. And on this channel, we're going to be discussing what true manhood looks like as we understand our value, our identity, and our purpose as men using godly principles. Now let's get to it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Of course, I'm your host, Quentin, and I am back again. It's Thursday night. As you know, we try to go live as much as we can on a Thursday night to kind of bring you guys some information. Uh, we really drill down deep into what men are trying to do in this earth and, and, and what is our purpose, our identity and our value. And so tonight we're going to be talking about forgiveness, um, the part that it plays us being able to forgive and then our ability to actually humble ourselves and actually ask for forgiveness. Uh, I think that forgiveness plays a very strong part in the development of men. And I think that basically we should, that we should uh, try our best to really dive in this. Listen, if you have questions and, 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 and please put in the comment section, man, because I want us as men to really dive into this forgiveness. Uh, what I've learned is that suicide rates are very high amongst men versus women. Um, and then when I dive into it, a lot of men have been hurt and destroyed and disappointed in life and just had no platform to really talk about it and get some type of healing from it. So the Menology Project podcast is that location. So share this with all your fellas out there. We're about to dive in. Listen, I got a special guest. Uh, I got Dr. Uh, Fred Hogan. He's the pastor of Growth and Change Church. Uh, he's also an uncle of mine. Uh, and 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 I was uh, he had did a couple of uh episodes on forgiveness uh, on a church sermon. And I thought it was something very paramount. I thought it was something really excellent. And so I asked him to come on. And so let me bring Dr. Fred Hogan right in with us. Good hey, evening. what's going on? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing good. And uh, before we even get going, you know, thank you very much for coming on uh, the podcast to be able to help dive into forgiveness and to just share, you know, some of your stories around um, humbling yourself uh, to ask for forgiveness and then also understanding that you had to forgive or be forgiven on the other end. So uh, before we kick off, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about, you know, your doctor, Fred, and then you're also a pastor. Kind of give us a little background on you. Well, I'm a, I'm a retired physician. I uh -huh. practiced for about 25 years, did family practice. And uh, all during that time, I was uh, I was on the radio. I had a radio program that I uh, had. I'm a pastor of a church, so it was the um, radio program from the church that we did. And uh, <clears throat> I got pretty comfortable mm -hmm. in talking about certain things. I talked about a lot of things that I had experienced, a lot of things that were in my life, and uh, I think people don't understand that when pastors are preaching or teaching, they're right. probably teaching about a lot of things that <laughs> happened in their <laughs> own lives. Right. They're, they're, they're talking about those things. And forgiveness is, is so very important. And I believe that uh, many people don't really understand what forgiveness is all about or why we have to forgive. I so, what I want to do is um, the first thing I know is that what is the importance of forgiveness? Well, so just kind of take us there. We're going to start with what's the importance okay. and then why does it matter to us? Okay. Uh, 
forgiveness is something that is not optional. A lot of people think forgiveness is optional. Somebody does something bad to me, uh, I have an option to forgive them or I don't have to forgive them. Now, for some people, it may be optional, but for Christians, for people who love God, the very foundation of our uh, faith is based right. on forgiveness. God right. forgave us. Right. And he didn't forgive us because we were so good. He didn't forgive us because we uh, felt bad about what we did. God forgives us because it's in his heart to forgive. That's that showing his love. That's uh, one of the things that he shows his love by forgiving us. And yeah. so God forgives us and we should forgive others. And I, and, and I said, as a Christian, it's not optional. It's not something right. that you can think about and, and con contemplate and then say, well, I think I am, or I think I want to forgive. Forgiveness is something that you must do. Right. And there's several reasons why, and we'll probably talk about them a little later, why you have to forgive other people. Right. Now, you know, like, so, you know, you're going through the Bible uh, and there's, there's so many scriptures in there that, that sometimes I just kind of scratch my head because God, you know, he, he, he throws these scriptures in there. Um, and so when you're reading and then when we're talking about forgiveness <laughs> and Matthew 6 and 14, it says, for if you forgive others, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. That's right. So in other words, he's really looking for us to make this giant leap of humility to really stay in a posture of forgiveness, uh, because basically that's the doorway to for for him to forgive us. Absolutely. Uh, now, now I, I don't know if I'm reading that wrong or not, but I'm just thinking no, when I read that, right. that, he says, that if, if you forgive, your father will forgive you. That's essentially what he's saying. In yeah. other words, it's it, uh, it's it's. Um, your forgiveness is dependent upon you being able to forgive others. Now, the first yeah. thing that happens is that God forgives you and he forgives you for everything. Right. I mean, there is absolutely nothing that he holds back. He wipes your slate absolutely clean. Now, because we're human beings and because we have this thing called our emotions, right. that makes it difficult sometimes for us to forgive others and uh believe it or not uh very few people forgive right away you know somebody <laughs> slaps you upside the head right i mean it's going to be difficult for you to just say i forgive you you know it's going to be hard for that if they slap you in the face First of all, you want to make sure they don't slap you. Again. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the first thing you want. First to thing, do. protect yourself, fellas. <laughs> and after you figure they're not going to slap you again, then you want to try to figure out why they did what they did. Now, right. all of this is just because you're a human being and you right. want to know. Right. It's, it's, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that you, you know, God said, forgive those who despitefully use you. So you don't always want to know why. You don't right. always try to find out why. Right. But at the end of the day, when you've gathered your thoughts and your face stopped hurting, you need to forgive. And I'm going to tell you something. Forgiveness is a very difficult thing for us to do. And yeah. the one thing about forgiveness, if you don't forgive, 
you will never know how to forgive. It's just like prayer. Right. Uh, I hear a lot of people talking about how much they pray. <laughs> right. if, if, you know, they say, I'm a prayer warrior, I pray, you know, and you right. find out they, they, you know, they pray a couple times a month. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, if you're a prayer warrior, you're praying more than a couple of times a month. Right. And just like prayer, forgiveness is the same way. You must forgive. And, and the best thing is, is to forgive about small things. You know, yeah. somebody says something about you that, you know, is not true. You can forgive them for that. So yeah. that when the big things come, you can you can wrap your head around them and forgive. Now, yeah. one thing about forgiveness is we always feel as the person who has been wrong that needs to forgive somebody. Right. We always feel like if it's their problem. I mean, they did me wrong. Right. It's their problem. And I used to feel like that. Yeah. I mean, I would say, why would I ever go and talk to you again? I mean, you're the one who lied on me. You're the right. one who did that to me. Right. But let me tell you something. When you don't forgive, there is something hanging on you. Right. That will never go away. It's right. always going to be there. Now, we know time is our best friend, but time in terms of forgiveness is our worst friend. Right. Because once you let time go by, you can just forget about it and you don't think about it until you see the person or until you hear their name and then it comes back up. Right. But you feel, like it, you, you feel that little yeah. ick inside. <laughs> time is your worst friend because if you forget to forgive and, and, and I went back and this has probably been, been a few years ago where I was praying and I asked God, I said, is there anything? I just didn't feel like I was getting through. I didn't feel like my prayer was so effective as it, as I thought it should be. And, 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 and something came to me, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit saying that, you need to forgive. Right. And I'm saying, what? And that's a hard thing for a, you know, a man uh, to feel in some type of way that he was actually at fault. <laughs> and needed to forgive. And needed to Why actually don't I just forgive. let it go away. Right. You know, they moved out of town. <laughs> right. Hey, <laughs> right. good riddance. So right. What I started to do, let me tell you what I did. I did, I was praying, and then I began to remember back to anybody that I thought that I might have wronged. Okay. Now, you're not mm -hmm. going to know everybody that you wronged. Right. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you an incident that happened on watch night. <laughs> because <laughs> because everybody that you wrong, everybody that you offend, you're not going to know about it. I mean, right. unless they come and let you know. But most of the time, you're not going to know. But anyway, right. um, <clears throat> so I, I started writing down people that I needed to forgive. Mm -hmm. Okay, people that I had said something to that, you know, I probably shouldn't have said. So I went and I started writing down. So I thought maybe I'd have two or three people. <laughs> um, <laughs> On my list. But as I began to write, Quentin, yeah, more and more start to come up. And then I my ex-wife, I put her name down. Although I I wrote it real small. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because I felt I like she had more to forgive, to, to forgive and, me for. But anyway, so I and wrote that's the thing we do. Down. 
Yeah. And I began to call these people. Some of them I couldn't get in touch with. Some of them it was a long time ago. But I asked them to forgive me anyway. I just prayed and said, God, I want these people to forgive me. I don't know how to do it, but I'm asking them to forgive me. So I went through all this list of people. These are relatives. Most of the people were people that were closer to me. Right. Uh, people that I knew. And uh, believe it or not, there was something that seemed to lift off of me. It seemed I seemed to be lighter. I seemed to feel better just yeah. because I had called and asked people. And let me tell you, some of the people I called and I called my ex-wife and I and I asked her to forgive me. And I said I could have been a better husband. And I mean, I went through all of that and she started crying on the phone. She said, listen, yeah. I could have been a better wife. And I right. said in the uh, in my you know, under, under my breath. Under. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, in, but anyway, I, <laughs> I ain't that crazy. That's funny. But I, uh, I, I, I asked these people to forgive me. I felt so much better. And as time went on, every now and then, without even thinking, someone would come to my mind. I, was, I remember I was riding in the car, and I went by this church and this preacher that I knew. Him and I had had words, and, you know, I got the best of that situation. And so I said, I, I want to call him and ask him to forgive me. And I, you know, and, and I did that. And I'm telling you, when you ask people to forgive you, something that is holding you down right. lifts you up. Right. I definitely agree. Um and uh, what I've learned through forgiveness, um, I, and I mean, you know, being an uncle, you know, my story about, you know, coming out of my mom and dad got divorced when I was 10. Mm -hmm. uh, the relationship was chaotic oh, for yeah. the time I was there. Um, and this is the part that really got me is that. Um, so by the time from the time the divorce ended and I my mom got divorced when I was 10. So now I'm playing this scenario back in my mind all the way till till basically I got married. Mm -hmm. um, and me and my dad never really had a, a big all falling off. So like my dad has always like been in my life. Okay. Um, but and this is just a point to you saying that there's a heavy. There's a heaviness. It's something but, but that's weighing on you. It was literally something that was weighing on me from that time of the divorce all the way until like, literally, like I said, until I got married. Um, and then I start really asking God, like, how do I change the narrative um, from, from what I came out of and then to produce something different. And that was literally the same thing happened to me. It was like, uh, you need to first go talk to your dad, you know? Yeah. You need, and so, and I'm like you, right. It's like, why do I need to talk to him? <laughs> When my dad was actually like, I felt like my dad was probably the problem. Yeah. Um, okay. But it was right. It was more not the him actually being more of a problem than it was more of us actually having an understanding in a scenario where we talk through so that I can actually understand well, A, B, C, D. Men don't talk a lot. Men. They really men, don't. They we uh, don't. Most men feel. Now, I don't I don't want to say most men, but many men feel that yeah. there is a weakness right. about asking for forgiveness. It, There's they do. a weakness about saying, I'm sorry. 
No, it, right. You know, they feel like that's that's a weakness to say you suck. I'm not sorry. You should be. It, it'll help you. <laughs> you it'll help your life. Yeah. And 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 forgiveness is not that option that you can do, uh, and you don't have to do. Forgiveness is something that you should pursue at all times and And, you should pursue it with anybody i have had i have had to go and ask my children to forgive me i didn't i didn't understand that when when i put my children down because i was trying to figure out what would i have to go apologize to them about that's a lot listen your kids probably took some of that blame for yeah. the divorce that you and your wife had, they probably felt some of that guilt. They felt like maybe it was kind of their fault. And that's why you as a dad have to go to them. Ask right. them, look, forgive me. I know I hollered too much. I know I, I, I didn't do exactly what I was supposed to do. Right. I know I wasn't as sweet and as kind as I should have been. And I'm yeah. going to ask you to forgive me. I, I went to all of my kids and asked them, to forgive me, please forgive yeah. me. I said, I, I, it, we didn't plan for that to happen. That wasn't something that we planned, but right. it's something that took place. But I want you to know that right. part of what happened was my fault. Right. And I want you to forgive me. Right. And I think that from that angle <clears throat> and being able to have that same conversation with my dad. Uh, and it was funny. We still laugh about it today because uh, we, my sister went away to college and uh, I called him and said, hey, you know, dad, why don't you ride down here to, you know, Ohio with me? And, um, you know, we go down here, hang out with K- uh, Cherie and then we'll, you know, come on back. And so that was a six hour drive. Right. Yeah. So it's three hours there, three hours back. So as soon as we get in the car, we get on 75. We get about uh, about right at the turnpike where Toledo is at. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, you know, how about we have a conversation? <laughs> Absolutely. No. So at that time, my dad was a smoker. So this dude pulls out his cigarettes. He's a beating away. <laughs> Man, why are you, you know, what What in the world? And I'm like, yo, I said, because at that time, I didn't even have my son yet. Um, but one thing I was trying to understand, what I was trying to do was, is that if I did something wrong, I would want my son to forgive me. Like I will want my son to forgive me. So that put a that put some heaviness on me to now go to my father and say, yo, I know everything was not right and stuff, man, but I actually do forgive you. Like I don't listen, I'm not applauding it. I'm not I'm not, I'm not but I'm not gonna hold it against you because now as a, a more seasoned Christian, you know, where I'm reading the Bible and getting an understanding of more of the carnal part of us. Oh, yeah. And then how strong that flesh is without any combating of the scriptures, the prayer, the fasting. If you don't have that stuff in your life to combat against the carnality, then right. you're going to actually submit more to carnal things than you would anything like you. Absolutely. The flesh already wants to do the wrong stuff. And it, you, we think that we could just say, I'm not doing that. And then I'm not going to do it. And it doesn't really work like that. Now, some people do have the ability to do that. Um, but it's still even a struggle even in that. And you still have the possibility and you may still destroy people along the way. Um, so that was like one of my biggest things is kind of like telling my dad, like, yo, dude, like, let's talk about it. I, I forgave him. And this is literally to go to just what you said. So fellas out there, if y'all don't believe the weight was like it blew out the window. 
yeah. On our re- listen, on our relationship, like the whole weight, and I can see it even on him, and I approached him, but the weight came off of us, and me and my dad are like, I mean, we're thinking and yeah. things like me and my dad, and not just with us. Like I, I sparked it, and me and my dad talked maybe a couple of months ago about this very topic, and mm-hmm. he went, he did the same thing you did. He went to my sister, he went to my brothers, and uh, he went to my mom. I mean. All of this was like a ripple effect to where he was like, man, I, I, I did, I did some stuff that I should have never right. done. Right. And right. I put you guys in the position Well, when I look at the strength of men today, we, that could have crushed me. And if I held on to that for all of my life, I would have destroyed my own very family. Well, that's the reason that so many men are having problems today. Yeah. I really believe that unforgiveness Leaves the door ajar for the enemy. Now, the Bible says leave no place to the devil. Right. I mean, don't give him any crevices or creases or anything to come into your life. And I believe that unforgiveness is one of the the main things that men don't do that allows the enemy to be involved in their life. And listen, when you give the enemy a little place to come into your life. Right. I mean, you know, he's going to stick his foot in the door and he'll leave it there for a long time. But as soon <laughs> as you weaken, he's going to put both feet in there. Yep. And yep. pretty soon he's going to push and push until he can actually come in. And yeah. sooner or later, you're going to be having a cup of coffee with him in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not even know it. it not even know Absolutely. that it, he's literally sitting there. It's insidious. Um, it's insidious. It comes little by little and you don't even know it. So yeah. I believe that forgiveness is the one thing that we all as men, as women, as people yeah. of God, we should all look to others to try and see if there's something that we need to forgive. Now, let me tell you this incident. It was on watch night service. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, 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 do I have enough time? Oh yes, go ahead. We got we, we're this we're gonna watch night service, and I was at this church. I was one of the uh, teachers at this church, and uh, so at white watch night service, everybody was supposed to get up and you know uh, tell people if they had offended them or anything like that. Now I knew I hadn't offended anybody. Now this was in my head. I didn't offend anybody. I'm just the sweetest person as I can be, especially when I'm in church, like everybody else, right? So I know I hadn't offended anybody. And so they were asking, so this young man got up and he said, well, I think, I think Dr. Hogan should forgive, ask, for, ask me for forgiveness. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know this clown. <laughs> he was a young guy. And uh, so I said, really? I said, what? well, what happened? He said, well, I, I was outside. I went outside to the car and I didn't have on my coat. Okay. Now, this mm-hmm. guy was a patient of mine, him and his mom and his family. And so he goes to the car with no coat on. It's about 12 degrees outside. So when he came back in, I said, man, don't go out there with no coat on. It's easy to catch a cold. I said, don't do that. That's all I said to him. And he got offended. Now, now, when you find out his history, and later on I found out his history, he had a father that was not in his life very much. Yeah. But every time his father floated into his life, it right. was to be a bully 
and to right. tell him what to do. Now, yeah. he, he didn't show him any love. He didn't give him anything. But every time he floated into this kid's life, it was yeah. always to put his thing in his face and tell him what he was doing wrong. Yeah. And that's what he related me telling him not to go outside for. And when when I uh, when he said that, I thought it was crazy. But I asked him to forgive me. I said, I am so sorry. I said, I did not know that offended you. But then after his mom told me what was yeah. going on, you know, I said, well, maybe from now on, since he doesn't have that man figure in his life, maybe I should go and right. talk to him and maybe take him out for breakfast or something. And and we became really good friends after yeah. that, yeah. simply because there was someone in his life that he right. didn't have. And I had son, I, I, I had two sons, but they were so little, you know, right. they were just kids. So this was a teenager that I had a chance to kind of bond with and talk to him about and, and to teach him some things. And it yeah. was just because he thought I needed to forgive him. And you know yeah. what? It worked out so well. Forgiveness is a wonderful thing because yeah. you don't know where it's going to take people. When, when people right. start to feel better about asking others to forgive them, you have no idea what it's, it's going to help their home life. If they're in school, it's going to help their school life. If they have friends, if they play on a team, it's going to help their team. I mean, everything in life is helped when people are forgiving. Yeah, and this is the thing. I found an article, and, and it was funny because they had this saying on there, right? So it's called, become forgivingly fit. And I'm just going to read it. It says, you can start becoming more fit by making... Com, uh, making a uh, commitment to do no harm. In other words, making conscious effort not to talk despairingly about those who've hurt you. You don't have to say good things, but if you refrain from talking negatively, it will feed the more forgiving side of your mind and your heart. Amen. And I, and I like that. And I was like, man, becoming more forgivingly fit uh, and I try to do that myself um, uh, because basically I'm always just tr my only thing I worry about is what is God, what is God's view of what I'm doing? Um, and so, you know, over your life, I mean, I'm 45, so I've had all kind of. You're 45. I'm 45. You a couple of years older than me. <laughs> 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 Listen, and at 45, man, I've had all kind of stuff happen. Um, and when I was younger, I was a hothead. Um, I asked God to remove that before I got married, and he did. And so, because I don't think that you could be married and be you can't be, you can't have you can't be you can't have no self-control and, and get married. Okay. So as a marriage tip to all men, if you know personally that you don't you have no self-control. Take your time with marriage, get some counseling because marriage, because marriage uh, has the ability to apply so much pressure on your do's and don'ts. Like it applies a lot of pressure on what you do and what you do not do. That is why it is like a battlefield in most marriages, because you're actually being pressed by the covenant of marriage. Because God is only looking for holiness. He wants you to become one. So marriage automatically becomes this press. Well, the you know, if you huh? are, if you really <clears throat> treat your spouse 
exactly like you want to be treated. You can never go wrong. I mean, if you're waking up every day, one, one guy told me, this old man told me that him and his wife had been married for about 200 years. <laughs> they were real old. <laughs> I mean, real old. They were, in fact, when they walked down the street, they were holding each other up, I think. And I said, you know, you guys look so good together. You really do. I said, what is the secret of being married so long? What, what's that secret? He said that every day that he woke up, he tried to think of a way to show his wife how much he loved her. That, and that's she said, way. every day I woke <laughs> up, I was trying to think of a way. He said, and come on, you know, when you've been married for about 61 years, he said, that's a long time to be waking up every morning showing your wife that you love her. He said, but sometimes right. I would write a little note. Sometimes I yeah. would get her the her uh, best piece of fruit that she liked and, yeah. and, and cut it up and put it in the refrigerator with her name on it. So she would, you know, and he did all these things that he said he did. He said, because I did not want her to live a day with me and not know that I really, really, really loved her. Yeah. And I and mean, I was almost in tears. Right. I said, y'all come talk to my wife now. <laughs> <laughs> but that was so lovely. That was so beautiful, what yeah. they were saying. And to be yeah. together for that long, man, you got to have something. You yeah. got to have and something, some kind of uh, 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 things that you go by. So yeah. that you don't get into these arguments where you don't speak for a day. Now, that's one thing I am not going to stand. Is you know I can have an argument, but I don't want anybody to live in the, the same house and not speak to me for a week, right? You know, and uh, you know, if that's but see that's what unforgiveness. Not. But see, when those arguments hit, and this is one of the probably the craziest things is that uh, when those arguments hit, um, and and this is the thing I think is really weird too is that you got two people, uh, and I know we're not really talking about marriage, guys, but um just from a man's standpoint and what we have to try to create in relationships, whether it's with your brother or with a young lady, uh, with coworkers, you're always in the position to create these atmosphere. You're creating an atmosphere. Every situ, every relationship that you're in, their atmosphere has to be created so that people can actually feel safe to actually ask for forgiveness. Amen. Now that's one thing that I did learn, you know, being married, you know, it's, it'd be 23 years this year is that it's very important as we as men create the space in your home for the, your wife and your kids to be able to come to you right. and tell you what you do good and what you don't do good. And that's the atmosphere that you create. And believe that's, it or not, yes. you are the chief atmosphere creator. You are home. the chief. Yes. You know, I used to come home from work and sometimes I would have seen, you know, 60 patients in one day. And I was beat, you know, because every time a patient leaves, now you got to put a smile on your face <laughs> and act like you're glad to see the next person. You know? right. And sometimes that was very taxing. So when I yeah. would get home, it was very important for me to not drag all that stuff right. from the office to my house. I right. wanted when I would come home and my kids would come and run and want to jump on me. It was very important that I didn't say, get off me. 
It was very important that I let them come and ask them, what did you do today? What did you learn in school today? That was very important because I was creating this atmosphere yeah. that my kids could feel good and comfortable when I came home. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, the men that come home and say, leave me alone, I'm tired, my feet hurt. Yes, your yeah. feet hurt. Yes, you're tired. But yeah. create that atmosphere in your home. Yeah. And I tell you, one thing about <clears throat> if you create that kind of atmosphere in your home, when your kids get in trouble or when your kids do something that's wrong, they'll be right. more likely to come look you in the eye and tell you the truth than yeah. to go around and try to make up a bunch of lies. Uh, yes. I told my son one time, this is what he was real young and he lied to me about something. And I said, you're not telling me the truth. He, out. he said, well, how do you know? He was asking, how do I know? I said, because I raised you and I've had conversations with you for hours and hours at a time. And I watch how you act and everything. Now right. I ask you a question and now you scratching the back of your head, <laughs> right. licking your lips and everything. <laughs> and he finally came clean. But I just let yeah. him know, listen, I love you. I pay attention to you. I know who you right. are. Right. And so tell me the truth. Now, you might get in a little trouble, but believe me, it's so much better to tell the truth. In fact, yeah. that same son of mine went to court and was in front of a judge and he lied to the judge. But the judge and I were friends. So he got on the phone and he called me at work. I was seeing patients in the hospital. <laughs> he called me at work. He said, he said, Fred. And then he said, Dr. Hogan. I said, what? He said, I have your son here. And I asked him a question and I just want him to tell me the truth. Uh, and so he said, I'm going to ask you this question. So he asked me the question and he told me what my son said. I said, that's not the truth. He said, OK, I'm going to give your son a chance to tell the truth. And he hung up the phone. Now, my son could hear all of this. And he heard me tell the judge, that's not the truth. And he told the judge the truth. And believe it or not, the judge was so lenient on him. I mean, yeah. it was a shame that he didn't stick him in jail for a couple of days just to make him <laughs> right, give up. him a. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, listen, I told my son, I said, don't you ever lie to a judge. Don't don't do right. that because you right. ain't going to do nothing but get in trouble. He probably knows a lot more than you think he knows when you're talking to him. So please right. tell the truth. Yeah. Those atmosphere, um, I, me and my wife, we laugh because um, Mike, our kids are. Our kids are are so honest. <laughs> well, they should be. They just tell on that. Like literally, my daughter would just come downstairs and go, "Oh, Dad, I didn't do this. I didn't do my homework. Blah blah blah." And like she'll get on her iPad or whatever and start goofing around and hanging out, and then she'll just come downstairs crying. And I'm like, "What is the problem?" And she'd be like, "I started playing on my iPad and I still have homework to do, and I didn't do this. and." What I really wanted them to understand is this. If you lie, you always get in trouble. Absolutely. If you tell the truth, it allows me to apply grace when yeah. needed. But listen, a lie. All fathers and mothers love their children. You all do. Now, I mean, I know there's a few weird cases out there, but. Most parents love their children. They do. And all they want the kids to do is to do the right thing. You'd be, be surprised when you do the right thing. You'd now, be very surprised. When, when, the, when the disciples asked Jesus, they were talking to him in Luke, the 11th chapter, and they asked him, how do we pray? They wanted to know how to pray. 
And so when Jesus began to teach him to pray, the, the one thing that stands out, he says, you should say, forgive us our debts or our yep. trespasses Passes, yep. as we forgive those who, who trespass, trespass against us. Yep. Now, this is the Lord's prayer. This is teaching them how to pray. And right. so part of our prayer life should be asking God, is there anybody that I need to forgive? And sometimes you, know, you, you just know. I, right. I, you know, I went to the store one time and, man, this lady was just being so short. And she was supposed to be, she worked for the store. But she was very short and just didn't treat me right. So I I gave her a, 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 a few choice words to let her know that I didn't really appreciate the way she acted toward me. And, uh, and then I left the store, but then I got to the car and I thought, you know what? I'm <laughs> not said... going to go home <laughs> with this on my mind because it's right. hanging on me. And I went back in that store and as soon as she got to with the next customer, I said, could you come in for a second? I said, please forgive me. I am so sorry. She said, you just forgive me. She said, she was telling me about something that her kids were into and she had that on her mind. And I said, well, I just want you to forgive me. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry that I talked the way that I did. And when I got back to the car and got in the car, I felt better. Yeah. As a Christian, we will always feel better when right. we open our mouths and ask people to forgive us. And sometimes yeah. it's goofy. Sometimes it just doesn't feel right. Right. And people, I, I remember this lady told me one time about something someone had done to her. And it was so bad. I mean, it was it was pretty bad what he had done. And uh, and she said, I just can't find it in my heart to forgive him. Yeah. And now she's a Christian, you know, and I said, let me tell you something. I said, God found it in his heart to forgive right. you. Right. Have you ever done some despicable things? Now, I don't want you to tell me about them because I right. ain't got all night. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because you know they're there. Any despicable things yeah. that God has forgiven you for? And she said, yeah. I said, and that's what you have to think about. Too many people think about what you did to me. And not too many people think, what has God done for me? And if we focus on ourselves and how bad we hurt and how, how pitiful we feel and everything, it's very difficult to forgive. But when we look at the other person and say, why would they do something like that to me? I right. don't understand that. But I'm going to forgive them, Father. Help me. And listen, right. sometimes you need to pray and ask God to give you the heart to forgive somebody that you just don't feel like you can forgive. That, yep. you know, I had a teacher tell me one time, I wanted to take uh, science courses. And I had a teacher tell me, you know, you should get into a trade because you people uh, do better in trades. Man, oh, man. I know, I know you were like, like, nah, like, you know, that was normal. Right. I said, no, no, no. I want to take science courses because right. I really want to want to do something in science. Well, I'm just telling you what I, you know, you guys do better. You people do better. You know, and I mean, you know, she, how do you she's still trying to push it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I just had to, you know, I was a Christian at the time 
and I, and I just had to forgive him. I had to forgive him. I said, well, I'm going to forgive you for that because that's not, I don't think that's appropriate for you to tell me. You yeah. should be encouraging me. Right. And he says, well, I didn't mean any harm. Now he wants to, now, now you get all apologetic. He said, I, I didn't really mean any harm, but I thought that might be best for you. I said, well, you don't really know what's best for me. I, exactly. Best, you just don't know. But anyway, I, I had right. to forgive him. And, and I'm just saying that when Jesus did the Lord's Prayer, that was one thing that he put in there, that we have to forgive. It's not an option. You got to yeah. forgive people. You forgive. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to literally bring that up because that's just how important um, the Bible is literally full of forgiveness. Uh, every 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 step of the way, there was God was, uh, I mean, literally raining down this uncrazy amount of forgiveness to well, us. Let let me interject this: when you don't forgive, then you are in judgment of someone else. Now the Bible says, "Judge not, lest you be yep. judged." Yeah. And when you can't forgive, you are in judgment. And I'm reminded of the story. Yep. Of the woman that these men, people brought to Jesus because they wanted him to make a decision about what her punishment was. Be. <laughs> right. Now, in the law, the punishment said that a woman caught in adultery should be stoned to death. Right. That was the punishment. And everybody could get a stone in town, no matter whoever, whoever you were, and stone this person to death. Right. And so they bring this woman to Jesus and they are all standing around ready to stone this woman to death. And then they tell Jesus what she did, because, you know, we got to tell folks. Jesus, listen, did, you know, oh, well, and listen, not just folks, <laughs> we got to go to God. We got to tell God that listen. we got to tell because it makes everybody it puts everybody on our bandwagon right. for this thing <laughs> right. that we want to do. So right. they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now, they didn't say anything about the man. They didn't they right. didn't drag him down there. Right. But they said this woman was caught in this act. And the Bible and the word and the law says that we should stone her to death. What do you say, J.C.? And Jesus stood there and he thought in his mind and he wrote on the ground. And a lot of people have all these theories about what he was writing. I don't right, know. I know. They, right. You, I you don't know. That's what he wrote. I <laughs> right. just know what he was thinking. What Jesus was thinking was this. There is absolutely nobody in this crowd that has the ability to judge this woman. Not one of you. Right. Because simply because you can't pay for this woman's sin. Right. If you don't forgive her, then you are judging her and you right. need to stone her to death. Right. And God uh, reminds us that we have no business trying to judge people. And that's what we do when we don't forgive. We're judging them. We're saying, oh, I know about you. I know everything about you. I know how wrong you are. And I have no problem not forgiving you right but which is weird asked jesus what he <laughs> wanted to do he asked the question and now there's two ways this question could be interpreted he he said 
anybody here who don't have any sin in your life, right? You have the ability the right. to judge her, right? But you got to have no sin. Now right. that's the only person that can judge another human being is someone that has absolutely no sin. Right. So all these people thought, mm-hmm. Last week I was doing this. Okay, I got to get out of here. So I mean, you can hear the, you can hear those rocks just dropping. I know, and everybody <laughs> starts to leave because what Jesus was saying was, "Listen, you are a sinner, and you have no business right. trying to judge someone that's a sinner. You right. just don't have any business trying to judge them. You and are. So a you sinner. can't throw a stone at this woman." Right. And when everybody left, the Bible made it very clear. He said the only person that was left was right. the person that could actually judge this woman. Right. And what did he do? Even right. though he had the right to judge her. Right. He said, woman, I forgive you of your sin. Right. Go, and go, sin go, no go and sin no more. Powerful, and that's the, powerful, powerful that, uh, lesson to learn. Yeah, that is. That all of us fall short. Of what God wants from us. All of us. Right. Nobody's perfect. I mean, nope. I'm close. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that at my church a lot. But 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 nobody is perfect. And so right. when people do us wrong, they're just like we are. They're sinners. Yep. And yep. they need forgiveness. So right. if God can forgive them, then we ought to be able to forgive them too. Right. And I'm going to read the second half of that one verse from Matthew 6 and 14 and then verse 50. So once after it says your heavenly father will also forgive you, then it says, but if you do not forgive others of their trespasses, that's right. neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. And I think that Christians, uh, leaders, pastors, whoever, we've got to stop reading the Bible to fit a narrative to keep us out of trouble. Amen. Like, you can't read the word of God to help keep you out of sin because it's impossible to help one person get out of sin because the only way to eliminate sin is through Jesus. And so for you can't forgiveness. So for forgiveness. So the thing is that you can't go to Jesus and try to use him as a manipulative tool to cast down on other people. Absolutely. You know, we get really religious when we, you know, when we feel like somebody's wrong, like you said, you got to go tell people because you want to get this bandwagon together so that it can kind of <laughs> make sense. But it's all carnality. It's just all carnal. And if anybody jumps on that bandwagon, they're just as fleshy as you. Absolutely. That's it. It's just, and so what we're trying to do for, as men, and, and we talked about that atmosphere, we really want to make sure that we're not joining up with bandwagons. We want to make sure that we're actually being very honest. Amen. With ourselves, because basically the, the end of this whole this whole podcast is that if we're not willing to forgive someone else, we literally have just destroyed our chances of having our own sins and iniquities forgiven. Man, you're, you're trying to get yourself in the book. Yeah, you're trying to get our names in the Lamb of Book. Well, you can't get your name in there if you're if we are walking around in, in, in unforgiveness um, with anybody. And I like how you said, if we just learn how to take those small little steps, somebody walking and they bump your shoulder. Hey, man. Hey, I'm sorry if I was in your way when you were walking. Now, that's a big deal, right? Because that's like, whoa, he bumped me. But you made a good comment. 
when Jesus thinks about stuff, he never thinks about them. Right. He only thinks about himself. What should I do That's to right. show Christ? Like, what should I be doing? No matter, like he said, if somebody hits you, turn the other cheek. Not, you know, we look at that, we laugh, don't nobody better not hit me and stuff. But what Jesus is really just saying is that, listen, if someone actually does smack you, you should automatically be thinking about how are you going to be perceived by the Father? Amen. You have to make sure because basically your flesh says punch him in the face. And I'm not there yet, people. I don't want y'all to think that I'm I'm saying this like I'm a holy roller. No, somebody hit me in my face, I'm punching you back. And then I'm going to talk to the Lord about it. <laughs> but my thing is, is that, but I do understand or getting a better understanding of the concept of Christ because when Jesus walked the earth, you know, the Pharisees were just really angry all the time because he never would go along with the law. These are laws, Jesus. Like, they, this is stuff they, that you should not be breaking. They were angry and they were afraid. And they were, they were. Because they saw somebody that they, that was, that they felt was better than them. And they felt <laughs> like if he got a toehold on the people, they would quit following us and start to follow him. And they were so afraid of him that they began. These are supposed to be some of the most religious men. Religious. I know. And they began to think about murder. I mean, this it, it lets you know jealousy is, and all of this stuff. It, it it gets to the point where you really do things that you would never do. Now, one other thing I want to say about forgiveness is the time factor in forgiveness. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that think they have to forgive right away. You know, somebody yeah. slap you in the face, slap them back. <laughs> and 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 then after you think about it, say, you know what? I should not have slapped them. I'm going to go over right. and ask them forgiveness. So there right. is a time factor. But I'm going to yeah. tell you something. The longer you wait to forgive, the wider the door is open for the enemy right. to come into your life. And the right. Bible says, give no, no place, place to right. the devil. And so forgiveness yeah. is something that we all should think about. Forgiveness is something that we should be thinking about now since we've been talking about it. It should right. be something that you and I go and say, you know what? Right. I, Let's write that list. Absolutely. <laughs> get a list. Write it out. Fellas, get a, fellas, get a list. Absolutely. And even and, the times you need to ask your wife to forgive you. There's a lot yep. of men out there who uh, have not asked their wives to forgive them. They've said some things, they've done some things, and they really need to ask their wives to forgive them and vice versa, the wife the same way. You know, yeah. when I come home for dinner and there's nothing on the table and you say, I didn't feel like cooking. Well, you know, I worked all day. You could have texted me on the phone and said, you know, right. I'm not cooking tonight. So, I mean, there is, it's a two-way street. Forgiveness right. is something that is so important. And I'm right. glad that we had a chance to talk about it tonight. Yeah. And we're going to be closing out pretty, uh, we got a few more minutes here, but I wanted to just kind of give at least four steps, fellas, okay. um, when it comes to seeking forgiveness. Uh, and then step number one is going to be admitting to yourself uh, you have hurt another person. Okay. Um, and, and you talked about that by writing out a list. Um, if you can't remember, you know what I'm saying? Uh, as they pop up periodically over the, your lifespan, if you think about something that you've done to someone, that's like the biggest thing that actually creates uh, a nice base for uh, for humility to start settling in. Amen. Uh, 
one thing I've learned is that humility will slam the door on the enemy. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you start humbling yourself, the door starts to close uh, very quickly because the Absolutely. enemy operates out of pride and self gratification. Arrogant. So when you're working out of self gratification, that's holding unforgive that's holding that unforgiveness in your heart. That's self gratifying because I can talk about it. That bandwagon, I got this girl, you know, boy, you know, big dog, you know how they did me. And that's self-gratification. You're getting all that you need out of this one or two or three unforgiveness that you're holding in your heart. But when you start to humble yourself to say, you know what? I actually did do A, B, and C to this person. I'm not saying that it all was my fault, but I did play one, two, and three part of it. Or even like you said, even if you felt like you didn't do anything, and if the person come to you and say, dude, you kind of hurt my feelings. I felt A, B, and C. Then you have to have your Jesus thinking on and go, it's not about me right now. That's it's right. not about me. If you felt like it, Jesus thinking would be to just Amen. ask for forgiveness. Amen. Jesus would just say, like you did, just ask for forgiveness, even though you, it could be something as crazy as like, I really don't even know why we're even having this conversation. But all, all God is going to look at from you or me is that when the person that I said go to, the Bible says that if you have an ought against your brother, you are to go to them. So Amen. if that brother comes to you, then the onus automatically comes back on you. you to accept to So you can't, you don't have any Abinai. When you talk about that time, the time might be on one end, but when that time comes, when that person comes to you, you don't have a lot of time on your end to say whether or not you're going to forgive them. That's why Jesus looked right at those men and said, hey, if you guys have no sin, then throw that stone. Right away, it was a quick, hey, I, I know, I, I know, like you said, I know what I was doing. I mean, just earlier today, I was sending. So people start dropping stones like, well, I'm going to get out of here because I ain't got no time for you, Jesus, because you're always asking too much. Like, you're always asking for too much, and I ain't going to be playing around with you. And the thing is that he's not really asking for too much. It's just that heaven requires a certain type of person to make it. And you're not going to be able to harbor unforgiveness in your heart when you're doing this. So the first thing we do is humble ourselves, admit that we have hurt somebody. And then the second part, like you said, go and talk to God about it. If you're not really sure how to approach them, if you really struggle with, did I do anything wrong or something like that, then go talk to God. I promise you that the Holy Spirit will always give you truth. He's not going. And if you didn't do anything wrong, he'll tell you, no, it's not about you, but you still have to do it. Okay. This is one of those moments where it's not about you. And no, you didn't do anything wrong. This is for them. So you accept it. You accept the apology so that they can be free. <laughs> that, that's what you do. And then number three is ask for forgiveness from the person you hurt. Amen. Like that's another. I had to have you come back on to even talk about the people that we actually hurt, and then asking for forgiveness. That's Amen. a whole nother ballpark. And then number four is let the other person respond to you without getting defensive. Amen. Because being defensive, once again, is self or flesh gratifying. Yes. Because it's about me. You're thinking about yourself. And You're not thinking about, about yourself. And we as men have a very hard time letting that go. Amen. And it's basically because of not of today, but it could be some things that happen because men go through so many things. So we and we just don't get a chance to talk about all the trauma that happened in our life. Uh, I did a couple of interviews with some guys, man. And uh, one of my friends, his son had gotten, uh, had gotten shot and, 
and and we really drove we we drilled down into this trauma and my buddy man he was just he was still broken and it happened a few you know it happened a, a couple of years ago but it was still but we as men do we get a chance to talk about this and the thing is this and i brought this story up because we talked about forgiveness and he said dude as as tough as it was the only thing i can really think of is that god is going to require me to forgive even this type of act he said which crushed me even more yeah he he said it destroyed me even more knowing that god is going to require me under this type of distress to still say i have to forgive this but he will heal a lot sooner yeah he forgives yeah and he understood that and uh and he did say he was in a better place and stuff he said it's not that he doesn't get sad and stuff he said but that heavy weight that would have been there he said is not there is not there what he said and his dad was played a really big part in him understanding that hey good people and bad people leave this earth all the time so you to really get caught up in the whys and why God and why God, he said, it basically is this, is that from the beginning of time, good people and bad people have been leaving this earth Amen. under some very wrongful acts. Right. So, uh, and he said that literally brought comfort to him from his father that, um, that, you know, that he was able to hear something like that. So I do, uh, I appreciate being able to have that type of dialogue because Unforgiveness, man, is just a cancer. It literally have you sick and have you jacked up. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, and then you you know you'll kind of build this fairy tale life out of unforgiveness um, because basically, like you you know you said, is everything that happens is all about somebody hurting me. That's right. And you know maybe you need to make sure that you're not the person hurting people, and and actually flipping it to even protect yourself even more. You see, it's always going to be about you with unforgiveness. When there's no unforgiveness, every flip is always flipping it back to to you for self-gratification. So we're at our hour marker. You are Dr. Fred, but Uncle Fred, I actually (laughs) really appreciate uh, you giving me this hour of your time. No problem. Uh, Especially in the evening time, man, I do appreciate it. Uh, The conversation was great. Um, uh, what I will tell you, fellas, is that uh, Dr. Fred here uh, is a master of understanding about fasting. Uh, hopefully, when he has some more free time, I would love to have him come back on and take us through the differences in fasting. Uh, you know, what type of posture it puts us in for our, before God, mm-hmm. what it does for our body, you know, medically, and then what it does for our body spiritually. He has. Uh, he's been really diving into the fasting for years. I mean, you know, in our family, you know, he's like <laughs> like a small Jesus. He's, he's able to, he, he did a very long stint of fasting and, and, and we always have looked at it like, man, nobody can ever go that long. Uh, but I'll let him tell the story when I have him back on. And then uh, this will be more about him actually really helping and educating us about fasting, intermittent fasting, all of that and what it plays in our life. So, Uh, if you can do this for me, share with everybody, all the guys out there. Uh, hopefully you guys have some comments. If you do, I can get them to Dr. Fred and, um, and then we can always come back and answer some questions. If you guys have any concerns around forgiveness and, uh, this, I think it's been a great episode. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself. (laughs) All right. Well, I enjoyed myself. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yep. No problem. And, uh, Hey fellas, we're out. Peace out. All right. God bless you.